It is time to dig deep with Stacy and Stacy, a podcast for anyone hungry for God and willing to tackle today's relevant issues with authentic conversations inspired by Holy Scripture, prayer, and devotion to the sacraments. Hosted by two Texas gals who went to the same country Baptist church as little girls, had crazy lives, and found each other again decades later as Catholic convert wives and moms. Get ready, y'all. They're fixing to get real. Hi, I'm Stacy Farquharson. And I'm Stacy Trasankos. Welcome to Thursday of the 28th week in Ordinary Time. This is the one, two, three, 24th episode <laughs> of season two. Like, I'm wondering now why we're counting them, but we're committed. So we got to keep know. counting. <laughs> I kind of like it. I got we're getting it on sounds there. sounds very official. <laughs> 28th week in Ordinary Time, Thursday, 24th episode of season two. This is Stacy and Stacy podcast. And today we are going to do our usual scripture reflection from your hostess, Stacey Farquharson, your exegetress. <laughs> she's going to pray and, uh, and, and talk about today's readings. It's such a blessing diving into the readings every day. Like I, I uh, really enjoy this time. I look forward to seeing uh, what Stacy has to say, what jumps out at you, what speaks to you. <laughs> and and uh, but it, it's a blessing that the church gives us these daily readings. Just period. Yes. Like I, I know that goes without saying, and it's obvious to any Catholic. But seriously, the church gives us our scripture reading every day. And when you read it, you're like, I'm reading with the whole church, and it's kind of yes. like a, a secret code us Catholics have because we'll talk about what was in the reading today. And the mm -hmm. good Catholics know what that means. Right. right, <laughs> right. We, we read it. Um, so you need to listen to our podcast every morning. So you'll be a good Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> there. Okay. I'll take that. Okay. And then after we get done with that, then we are going to have a second day with our friend Roxanne Beauclair Salonen. She is an author, an award-winning children's author and freelance writer up in Fargo, North Dakota. And I've actually met her in person. I've been up there. And she and her friend, Patty McGuire Armstrong, they're kind of like Stacy and Stacy, but Roxanne and Patty, they <laughs> are very much like us um, in our our age group, have children, um, and they they have big Catholic families, and they know uh, all this stuff of walking it through the storm, like we talk about. So they have written a book called What Would Monica Do? And Roxanne is joining us for a second day to uh, talk to us more about what that why they wrote the book and what does it mean, what would Monica do? So um, looking forward to hearing from Roxanne again. Until then, yes. Stacy, take it away. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, today I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, gives us a spirit of wisdom and revelation as we come to know him, that with the eyes of our hearts enlightened, we may know what is the hope to which he has called us and what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints and the immeasurable greatness of his power for us who believe. St. Monica, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. 
As always, I encourage you to grab your cup of coffee, your cup of tea, your Bible, and spend some time with the Lord today. Not if you're driving, though. No, not if you're driving. <laughs> At some point today. <laughs> okay, so the reading for today is in Ephesians. And the prayer that I just prayed is actually in that same chapter, just a few verses after the reading. So no, that was not, <laughs> I didn't just uh, wing that. That was actually a prayer that's in scripture. And there's so many beautiful prayers in scripture. So we are going to read the today's reading, like I said, found in Ephesians chapter one. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God to the holy ones who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavens as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, to be holy and without blemish before him. In love, he destined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ, in accord with the favor of his will, for the praise of the glory of his grace that he granted us in the beloved. In Christ, we have redemption by his blood, the forgiveness of transgressions, in accord with the riches of his grace that he lavished upon us. In all wisdom and insight, he has made known to us the mystery of his will in accord with his favor that he set forth in him as a plan for the fullness of times to sum up all things in Christ in heaven and on earth. Beautiful. Okay. So Ephesians was written by Paul and, and actually Paul wrote while he was imprisoned in Rome, he wrote four books, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. So just a couple of um, lines that jumped out at me, <laughs> spoke to me. <laughs> I just want to touch on. Um, They're alive. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, the word is alive. And yes, it is. Yes. Any two-edged sword. I like it when you say that. <laughs> but this one, as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. We kind of talk about this a lot lately, but this is just another place in the Bible that lets us know that God planned for us. He thought about us. He chose us. It reassures me. It makes me feel loved. I wasn't a second thought. I wasn't an afterthought. No, he, he didn't. He didn't look down at us one day and say, oh, my goodness, Donnie. That's my mom. Donnie's pregnant. <laughs> Got to come up with a plan for Stacy's life. No, he already had me in mind and he already had a plan. It doesn't hurt that he knows the end from the beginning, of course, but mm -hmm. this scripture, along with Jeremiah 1, 5, it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Yeah. And in Psalm 139, it says, you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am wonderfully made. Awesome are your works as I know very well. My body was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you saw me in the womb. The sum total of my days were all recorded in your book. My life was fashioned before it had come into being. And then Ephesians 2.10 for we are what he has made us created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared beforehand to be our way of life. And of course, Jeremiah 29, 11, he knows the plans and thoughts that he has for us. 
for a future with hope. Another line that that I wanted to talk about, it says, in love, he destined us for adoption to himself through Jesus Christ in accordance with the favor of his will. It was his will to destine us for adoption Mm -hmm. through Jesus. Well, when you start talking about adoption, I start celebrating because (laughs) adoption is such a wonderful blessing. It really, really is. I have adopted four girls and it hasn't all been easy. I mean, it's been a struggle. It's been challenging. But because I have adopted four beautiful girls, I have five beautiful grandbabies Mm. so far. I wouldn't have had them had I not adopted these girls. And God knew how each story, he knows how each story is going to end. He knows how each story is going to develop. I'm learning, I'm learning that my job is the journey. His job is the destination. Mm-hmm. See, I can't control the destination. I, I can't control that. But I can control how I walk out the journey or kneel out the journey. Seems like right. most of my journey is, is praying, right? But but I can't control. I can't control the j- destination. All I can do is control how I walk out the journey. That's right. There are several adoption stories in the Bible. Moses is one of them. And I know we all know the story. All the little baby boys were being killed. So his mom made a little basket that would float in the river. And she put him in the basket, hid him in the basket and put it in the river. And his sister hid and kept an eye out to see what would happen to him. And Pharaoh's daughter went to the river and found him one afternoon in the basket And she decided to adopt him, to raise him as her own. Interestingly, Moses' sister that was watching, her name was Miriam, she popped out of the bushes and went to Pharaoh's daughter and said that she knew of a woman that had lost her baby but would love to be a nursemaid. So she agreed. And so Miriam went and got her mom, Moses' mom, and she was able to nurse her own son. But because he was pulled from the water, which is what Moses means, it means to draw from, to pull out, he was saved and grew to become God's right-hand man. He led the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of bondage, and into the promised land that God had destined for them. And then Esther. Well, Esther lived with her uncle Mordecai. She just happened to be in the right place at the right time and found favor with the king and saved her people from annihilation. What if Mordecai didn't want to be bothered with his niece? What if he had thought, I'm too old, I'm too tired? What if he (laughs) thought he was too set in his ways, too poor, too whatever, fill in the blank? So many excuses we can come up with not to do what God asks of us. But what, just what, if we say yes? How might we produce this ripple effect throughout eternity? We, we don't know. We don't know what that's going to look like. Then, of course, there's Jesus, who had a wonderful earthly father, Joseph, who taught him a trade and defended him and protected him and Mary. What a blessing this entire family is still today. So all this to say, we are in good company. Why? Because we've been adopted as well. 
we have been adopted by God. Galatians 4 says, But when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as children. And because you are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a child. And if a child, then also an heir through God. So all this to say, God had a plan for each one of us before we were ever thought of here by our families, by our mothers. God has a plan for us. And part of that plan is becoming his sons and daughters. And I think that is a huge hallelujah. That is. It's so good to be reminded of that because usually when I talk about that scripture, Stacy, before the foundation of the world, I'm using it as proof that God revealed to us there is an absolute beginning in time and creation out of nothing. It's a very mm -hmm. scientific way, but I do forget what you're so beautifully pointing out. I forget that it wasn't just atoms and molecules that he was going <laughs> to create. He, all of that created for us. Like the universe mm -hmm. would not be the universe complete if we weren't here. Like if you weren't here, the, the universe wouldn't be complete because, because you are here. And that's what God intended for the universe to be. One yeah. that contains Stacey Farquharson. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love it because, you know, like I said, I wasn't an afterthought. God planned for me. No. It's like when you, when you find out you're pregnant and you want to create a baby's room, you want to paint it, you want to buy the furniture and decorate yeah. it and you're planning for your baby. He did that for us. Yep. It's beautiful. And I, and I, I now that you, you say that, like you've said it several times before, and I've uh, found myself saying that and adding that to my talks to young people about science, because it's not just God created everything out of nothing. He created you mm -hmm. as well from the beginning of time. He knew what your destination was going to be. Like mm -hmm. you say, Stacy, from the new knows the end from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> sometimes I don't even know. Never mind. <laughs> 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 but, from minute to minute I don't know my elbows <laughs> we have a beautiful life here and speaking of that and speaking of the purpose that we all have that God has given us um, let's welcome Roxanne back to the, the podcast back to the show um, uh, to continue talking about what would Monica do why, why St. Monica is a friend to us today um, in 2022 I love the layout of the book. I, I love the way that that it's like Monica walks through the book with you. And, you know, being a being a mom is you know, we all know it's so hard. And But a lot of the stories about, you know, and y'all had talked about leaving the faith and as a convert late in life, you know, I didn't raise my children Catholic. I wasn't Catholic when they were little. So mine is a little bit, you know, different. And, and I feel like, you know, I pray, I'm, I'm on my knees and I pray and walk, try to walk it out in front of them. But um, this book has so many stories, just a variety of different stories and testimonies, beautiful testimonies, encouraging uh, testimonies. How did you go about collecting them all? You know, some of them, a, a lot of the really personal ones, we already knew those people. And those were some of the mothers and fathers, in some cases, that had dared to share this suffering with us in mm -hmm. quiet ways. Um, like, 
one of them I had journeyed with through through one of my children and had known her for a long time. And at some point she revealed this to me. And so she was the first person I interviewed for the book because I wanted to get the whole story. And it was her story was gripping and we sat in her kitchen and I we talked for a couple hours and cried together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it's just we did want to include those stories. We kind of set it up. We didn't really show this in the book, but like when we were conceiving the idea and going through the brainstorming sessions with our publisher, we kind of set it up in in three sections in our minds, which we started with wooing, (laughs) wooing to like kind of bring us into relationship with, with each other and with Monica and to kind of just like reveal our hearts. And then the second part was just um, the accompaniment and kind of like digging into the situation, like what's really going on here? Where did we go wrong? And where is society going wrong? And and what what is really happening here? And then the last part is the landing, we call it, where we kind of say, you know what, this is hard, but but there's hope and God is with us. So that's kind of this, the three ideas that we we kind of journeyed with through throughout the book. Um, I can't remember what your original question was, but anyway, that's yeah, kind of, oh, yeah, the stories. I just, you know, we have the modern day stories of, of people that um, we knew and also some stories from, from you know, uh, saints, <laughs> saints mm-hmm. that converted. And, mm-hmm. and it's, it's so valuable for us. I was thinking about that when you mentioned, you know, St. Monica and dipping into her. We have these stories and we have these people that have gone before us that are our role models that can help us in our tasks and um, what a gift, you know? And so we are just so happy that we had Monica and Patty and I had had the chance to actually visit, um, well, Patty had the chance to confront um, St. Augustine's relics and I had the chance to to visit and pray before uh, St. Monica's and St. Augustine's relics when they were here in town right before we started writing the book. And so we really felt their spirits with us in in a particular way, St. Monica's. And how healing for those that like when you interviewed them and they were able to tell you sometimes just sharing with somebody, just, you know, mm-hmm. speaking it out loud can be a, somewhat of a healing process. So that's that's wonderful as well. Yeah. And we really we were so grateful for those stories. You know, those are those are stories of the the deepest part of your soul. And so for someone to open up and, and allow us to also to go public with their very deep, tender stories is just was such a gift to us. But as we were mentioning earlier, it's kind of like you have to break open the pain and the suffering and mm-hmm. the heartache and the wounds. Right. Because if you don't like how is God going to heal you if you if you don't reveal it? It's kind of like confession. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He knows what we did wrong and he knows what our wounds are. But mm-hmm. until we come to him in, in with our brokenness in our open arms and ask for healing, you know, he's not going to force it on us. No. So. You write about the church and scandal too. That That is another issue that, that as Catholic parents we have because it's enough to deal with our own feelings of failure when our kids grow up and they reject the church and they therefore reject us and they turn their back on God, we're already dealing with our own personal failures and grief. But on top of that, there were also episodes in my kids' lives, and I'm sure with many other parents, where where people in the church let my kids down, like mm-hmm. priests or teachers at Catholic schools hurt my kids. Mm-hmm. 
And then the greater issue of the scandal in the church, that's always one they throw back at us. Well, look at all the scandal in the church. Look at all the things the priests are doing. And they use that as an excuse to leave. How did y'all deal with that in the book? You know, I was thinking about that this morning and I thought about my own life and I thought about my own faith journey being raised as a Catholic. I don't remember anything. Maybe I'm sure there were things, right? But I don't remember growing up in the 80s anything about this church scandal. Again, I'm sure there were things, but it's really been in our lifetime that it's broken out so vividly. And and we didn't have the internet when, when I was growing up. So we didn't have all the chit chat and all the stories and the headlines and the it just wasn't out there. And so I I've tr- you know, I think one of the things we have to do. Okay, we can we can have our grief, we can have our disillusionment, we can have our feelings of hurt and feeling shamed and feeling like we failed, um, we can have all that. But at some point, we have to break out of that mindset and say, okay, what are we looking at here? You know, we have to look at it a little bit more objectively after we've kind of like let our broken heart kind of hang out there for a while. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and that's a, I think that's a key to moving forward is, is saying, okay, um, let's look at things. And, and, you know, looking at it, we have to at some point look at it through our children's eyes. We have to really respect that they are not us, <laughs> that they're on their own journey and they're on their own journey at a point in time that is different than ours. That's Very. not saying that we acquiesce or just throw in the towel. It is saying, okay, what what does your world look like? Well, their world looks a little bit different and, and the church has gone through some pretty horrific things in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. So we can we really fault them totally for being at least disillusioned, I mean, and at least having some major questions, if we're being honest, no, like we have to allow them to, to see the destruction for what it is. And again, that doesn't mean we can't come in and swoop in and, and, and offer them other perspectives, like the, yeah. like the perspective that the church is, is the antidote to, to the world though, you know, and that even though there's brokenness in the church, Jesus Christ in the Eucharist sits there at the center of it, beckoning us, calling us closer to his heart. Mm -hmm. And there's no place else we'll get that. Somehow we have to do our best to articulate that. But ultimately, just like the prodigal son, it's going to be their own journey and their own like thinking through it and their own experiences to bring them back. It has to be something they experience as their own unique individual person that also was made in God's image. Yeah, there is a there's a chapter on uh, spiritual warfare. Um, I believe it is chapter 21. And um, let me see, I may be wrong. Chapter 21, spiritual warfare for, for parents. Mm-hmm. So I love like in the Bible, I love all the battle scenes. I mean, like I'm a warrior at heart. I mean, you can't see it, but I, sometimes you, I don't, I don't uh, look like a strong warrior, but, but I am, I'm a warrior. I put my spiritual armor on. I go to battle. I feel like I've gotten battle weary more times than I can count. But what is this? So that, I think that's why this, uh, this chapter really jumped out at me. Can you tell us a little bit about the spiritual warfare that we as parents have to uh, endure to battle for our kids? Well, that is a chapter that Patty wrote. And so, um, but, but that doesn't mean I can't speak to it. She, but she really has um, written a lot of articles. She's, 
yeah. interviewed a lot of exorcists. And so she's kind of that the sounds like warfare. a chapter she would write. <laughs> yes, yeah. And and it's certainly something we've both talked a lot about. And so it's not like I don't have anything to say here, but um it is a battle. And I think that's that is a good image, Stacey. Um I, I recently saw the St. Michael movie or documentary and, and you know one of the things I was left with at the end of that was I'm so grateful we have that that image. I'm glad we have St. Michael. I'm glad we have that visual because number one, we can't do this alone. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's overwhelming to think that we, we would have to, we know that we don't, but, and we have God and we have the community of saints and we have a lot of different uh, things at our disposal, but, but that image of St. Michael with his sword crushing the head of Satan, mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but yeah. to have that even as a reality and a visual that we can carry with us. And, and so we, we need that. And I think, it kind of it empowers us too, right? To to realize when we we feel so like inept and powerless, to realize no, there's a lot here and there's a lot going on, and we, we are we we have people, we have angels, we have spirits at the ready helping us, and so um, and we have prayers that we can do for our children too, and and different things like fasting. We have a prayer that kind of relates to this also that we can do fasting and even small fasting and offer our, our sacrifices for our children to come back to the faith, you know? So there, there's a lot of things we can do when, when the, we reach a point where debating with our children just isn't going to do it. In fact, it could even estrange us from them. So we have to kind of tread lightly, continuing to keep our convictions, but also to, uh, you know, know that we're not alone and we have those resources. So I would say that's what that's what that spiritual warfare chapter is about, is just mm -hmm. reminding us that we have things at our disposal that we can do um, and, and lots of prayers that we we recommend as well. Like St. Joseph, he's, he's also another warrior for us. Uh, I was reading about that in your book, St. Joseph, and that, that really spoke to me. I really enjoyed that. I mean, I, everything that I've read has really spoke to me. I mean, I have been like writing down quotes and and like I had said a minute ago, you know, that being not raising my kids, not being Catholic when they were younger, there was one um, uh, part in the book where it talked about, you know, it encouraged a father to just walk it out in front of his children. And I was like, yes, that's what I need to do. I need to walk this out. And 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 thank you for reminding us of all of the tools we have in our tool belt, all the prayers and the saints. And I love the St. Michael prayer. And so thank you so much for that. I'm Stacy Trasenkos. And I'm Stacy Farquison. Until next time. If you are interested in bringing Stacy and Stacy to your parish or study group for a retreat or a talk, they would love to come liven things up and keep it real. Please see stacyandstacy.site for more information. <laughs>